0: Hi everyone, Sean Paul Ellis here from the Saturday Morning Cartoons Podcast. Remember, that's morning with you. Some pre-show announcements, I've been doing an okay job with keeping them quick. Can I keep that up? Probably not. (laughs) Some quick pre-show announcements pertaining to a shout out, a birthday, and what's happening on today's episode. So our shout out actually comes from an email from Benton Gray, sent us this great email, Too long, did not read. I I did read the entire thing, Benton. But in summary, uh, we're too tough on older cartoons. We get this message all the time. And he's working his way through the back catalog of shows right now. Uh, Benton, if I can give you a side note, the production quality is much better on these newer episodes, and we really appreciate you muscling your way through five years of episodes. What a super fan. Benton also mentioned that on episode 38 for Visionaries, knights of the magical light Darkstorm, one of the the big bads that we have has a mollusk on his totem which might be because knights are armored and so are mollusks he provides a ton of research on it and also has a link to a teenage mutant ninja turtle mod that he's worked on he's got a whole bunch of research which is awesome his mod is awesome which is why we're going to throw a link to his mod in the show notes for today's episode so thank you benton He also mentions at the very end that he'd like to recommend a cartoon to us, Bump in the Night. A lot of you have recommended cartoons over social media, emails, YouTube comments, everything. Have a cartoon that you want to recommend? I say this almost every week. Check out our social media bio or our show notes. You can always recommend a cartoon to us. You can even leave a voice message and we'll include it in the episode, which is what we're 100% doing today for Aaron Shea. If you leave a message, it guarantees that we can 100% give you the credit that you deserve. And we can also capture some of your memories of why you love the cartoon. So please message us, let us know. We'd love to include that. So Aaron Shea, today's episode is for you. But first, a huge happy birthday to Bobby Anthem. We love him. He's the absolute best. He does our love it or hate it every episode. Bobby is a gem. Happy birthday, Bobby. This is coming out a day before his birthday. So today, what's on the episode? Captain Planet round two. Seriously, we are talking Toxic Crusaders with Melanie Harker and Dr. Shannon Davies Mankus, who were both on our original Captain Planet episode. I recently watched the Toxic Avenger movie, and wow, It had either been the first time I had seen it or the first time in a very long time. I know that this movie has reached cult status level and there are certain aspects that I really do enjoy from the film, such as practical effects and a real DIY attitude. But the content, the language, uh, really kind of graded me the wrong way. It's a hard R movie and now I know why. So how are they gonna adapt this to a kid's cartoon? So between myself and my guests, Will we feel that they're able to successfully adapt a hard R cartoon and also deliver a positive message about saving our environment? All of this and more. So now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you all the way from Tromaville, New Jersey, I'll be your host, Sean Paul Ellis. Returning to the show, she's the leader of the Radiation Rangers, artist and facilitator Melanie Harker. Welcome back. Thanks. Thanks. Absolutely. Glad to have you back.
1: I got to make my Rangers do some push ups in the back in a bit. <laughs> they all need to be in sync. So uh, we're going to have to keep this snappy. Perfect.
0: I like it. And you can also hear our other guest <laughs> laughing in the background. Also returning to the show, she is coming all the way from the North Anna Nuclear Generating Station. While also learning how to play accordion, welcome back Hennebach, visiting <laughs> professor for environmental humanities for the Colorado School of Mines, Dr shannon davies mankus
2: let me just smooth out my short pink dress here that i'm wearing (laughs) (laughs) and adjust my blonde wig and i'll I'll play you guys some tunes on my accordion oh perfect i'm glad that
1: all blonde women have the longest setup to being introduced like i think you had as many beats as like daenerys targaryen just now From the nuclear waste plant.
0: Well, it's also important to note that that's exactly where we spent our entire weekend together. Yes,
2: it is true. (laughs) It is very true. So fitting. Uh, So our superpowers should be developing shortly. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah. That's the promise of this episode. Yeah.
0: And we have spent enough time around a lake. (laughs) where it is slightly warmer in certain areas than it is in others Mm -hmm. due to uh, using that water for cooling for that nuclear generating station. So look at us go.
2: We feel good. (laughs) Feeling great.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. If you are not familiar with the cartoon that we are talking about, we are talking about Toxic Crusaders. The Toxic Crusaders. If you're thinking to yourself, hey, Sean, it should be the Toxic Avengers. Yeah, I know, but that's the live-action movie. We're talking about the kid-friendly version called *The Toxic Crusaders*. Ah, uh, well, we got some deep sighs already. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, *Trauma* is something that has a, a very cult following, and so what I want to do is I want to know really kind of what our relationship is with *Trauma* just in general. It doesn't have to necessarily be this cartoon, and so Shannon. What has been your exposure, which sounds like almost like a radiation term,
2: <laughs> it, it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: to anything that's related uh, to trauma?
2: Well, my trauma radiation levels are very, very low. I mean, the same. My exposure has been incredibly limited. It's basically nothing. I knew that this movie existed, I'd seen stills from it. It's kind of been on my radar as somebody who does environmental film stuff. Um, but I've never seen it all the way through with the exception of a couple of clips that I happened to walk past last night with you guys. Um, So I'm really kind of bringing the newbie perspective to all of this. And I'm excited to learn more from both of you. Great.
0: Melanie, what is your exposure to trauma-related properties?
2: So
1: I think I corrected you uh, wrongly many times like in the weeks leading up to doing this episode because I'm aware of the Toxic Avenger. Mm -hmm. Um, So in, I want to say, a couple years, uh, several years ago now, I had a friend, Pete Brown, shout out to Pete, PB, (laughs) was working at the George Street Playhouse in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and was telling us, like, all of our friend group at home, just, like, how amazing this new musical was. It's based on the Toxic Avengers. I was like, don't know what that's about. And he's like, All right, well, messed up guy in a tutu and a mop, like, saves the world. He's, like, it's very fun, and it's, like, breaks the fourth wall, and it's, like, such a different kind of musical. And then, like, turns out that, like, went off to Broadway and did a bunch of great things there. Um, A lot of fun people have, like, played in those roles before. Uh, But other than that, I didn't really know. Like, I'd never seen the movie. I'd never heard of it. Uh, definitely did not know it was a kids' cartoon, and definitely did not know about the source material, <laughs> which we've already talked about. This, Sean, I'm I'm still having a hard time like extricating what we saw <laughs> like two nights ago from what we're about to talk about. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it for me.
0: No, how it, about you? So I had actually watched Class of Newcom High. I went through a, a longstanding stint of where I was watching sort of post-apocalyptic high school movies. So there's class of 1984, class of Newcomb high, uh, you know, they kind of fall in that low budget early eighties era of films that are kind of gritty where gangs would take over schools.
1: Now are these all uncle Lloydy productions? Good old uncle Lloydy. (laughs) Uh,
0: Class of 1984 is not, but class of Newcomb high is a trauma movie. And I think it was probably my first trauma film I'd ever watched. And then, in anticipation for tonight, I wanted to be able to actually watch The Toxic Avenger, Mm -hmm. which I will undoubtedly call The Toxic Avengers multiple times throughout this episode. So The Toxic Avenger was something that I was relatively new to, very similar to Shannon. I knew that this existed out in the zeitgeist, saw a lot of stills, probably watched the trailer a couple times, but I had no idea what the content was until I sat down to actually watch the movie on Amazon Prime the other night. And was very surprised at what I saw just in terms of sort of the content and the material that would then inevitably lead somebody to make the decision. Hey, let's spin this into a kid's cartoon. Uh, If you're not familiar with the Toxic Avenger and you go ahead and you read the Wikipedia article, I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't quite prepare you. Yeah, no. I will say the one thing about Troma that I do love is that they use a lot of practical effects. They use almost all practical effects, which is what I'm a huge fan of. Coming from an era where John Carpenter's The Thing is probably one of my favorite films of all time. Shout out to Kurt Russell. I know you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) And and that really is probably one of my favorite films. I love the practical effects that they have in that movie. Uh, To see that in a trauma film, I think, is, is a joy. I think it's very interesting for me. I will say that there are a lot of things that that movie the toxic avenger when i was watching it i was very shocked in terms of sort of some of the language uh the violence and the the gore didn't affect me that much but there were just sort of some really bad tropes and some pejorative terms that they use for people of color that was off putting also i don't really like the sexualization of uh vehicular manslaughter and so if you have watched the toxic avenger and you know what i'm talking about I really didn't like that part. That was very off-putting and very weird to me. Yep, 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 yep,
1: yep, yep. yep,
0: So, but that being said, I mean, they've they've been able to do a a lot of different movies over, you know, the last several decades, obviously pivoting it now into the cartoon that we are going to be talking about tonight. This cartoon, Toxic Crusaders, was actually recommended by a listener. I know I keep harping on this and saying, if you call in, we will 100% review that cartoon. Guess what? Aaron Shay, this one's for you because you called in about three weeks ago and I had another cartoon planned and I totally decided to scrap that idea and do this instead. Plus, we had Shannon and Melanie who are both available who have been on previous episodes such as Captain Planet. So this seemed like the perfect opportunity to get this eco squad back together to be able to talk about this. Oh, the
2: eco squad. We can put our rings together and make a power (laughs) greater than ourselves. Perfect. A
1: radiation
2: power greater than ourselves. We're our own nuclear generator warming lakes all over the place unevenly.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
2: Mm. Oh man.
0: Well, Aaron, just so that everybody has an idea of what the Toxic Crusaders means to Aaron, let's hear from Aaron himself. Aaron, over to you.
3: Hey, uh, name's Aaron jay And uh I must say this particular cartoon based on uh Troma's uh classic movie The Toxic Avenger The Toxic Crusaders is the the one I'm going to throw out there for you guys to watch. Um, Hard R movie. I mean,
1: really, really
3: hard R movie. And uh, somehow it got transformed into a Saturday morning kids cartoon. Um, Love the show. uh, Keep up the good work. And uh, I'll look forward to hearing what y'all think of uh, Toxic Avengers and Toxic Crusaders. All right, thanks.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. Uh, As always, in any of our material that we have that's online, you can always call us and you can recommend a cartoon. We will review those recommendations first. So thank you, Aaron. Hope that you enjoy this tonight. If you are not familiar with the history of the Toxic Crusaders, it is an animated series based on the Toxic Avenger films. It features Toxie, the lead character of the film, leading a group of misfit superheroes who combat pollution. This follows a trend of environmentally considerate cartoons and comics at the time, including Captain Planet and the Planeteers, Swamp Thing, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. In this incar- As this incarnation was aimed at children, Toxic Crusaders is considerably tamer than the edgy film it was based on, although it nevertheless contains many of the adult-oriented jokes that would go over most children's head. Thirteen episodes were produced and aired with at least a few episodes airing as a trial run in the summer of 1990 followed by the official debut january 21st 1991 i'll say a trial run for a cartoon in over 230 episodes i don't really think that we've ever probably had that note in a wikipedia before so i'm kind of curious if other cartoons have done like a trial run to see if these things work
1: I'm going to go ahead and say, I think Uncle Lloydy doctored up the Wikipedia article. So I don't know that you should call it a trial run. I think it's just his uh, nice way of saying they like someone gave him a chance and then they were like, oops, we made a mistake.
0: Oh jeez. Oh,
2: Uncle Lloydie. Uncle
1: Lloydie indeed. Oh, man.
0: Well, this cartoon actually did air on YTV in 1991 until 1997 in Canada. US Cable Network G4 aired the first two episodes and only the first two episodes evidently on July 25th of 2009, so relatively recently, you know. Mm. I mean from the time this cartoon was was released relatively speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So to get into a little bit of not only the synopsis for the Toxic Crusaders, but also we're going to do a very quick breakdown of the Toxic Avenger. Melanie is going to kick this off with the synopsis for Toxic Crusaders.
1: All right. So this crazy cartoon clean in the Toxic Crusaders cleaned up Toxie's act considerably. I don't know what that line is, but it's probably from the Wikipedia. Toxie was still a grotesque mutant endowed with superhuman powers, but underneath it all, he was a good-hearted law-abiding citizen of the fictional town of Traumaville, New Jersey, the setting of most trauma entertainment films. Another change from the films was that the toxic waste also mutated his mop into a sentient being that would sometimes battle enemies by itself or motion to Toxie ideas on how to solve problems. The villains were still polluters, albeit polluters from a different world, Hailing from planet Smogula, Czar Zosta, Dr. Killamoff, and Psycho wrecked ecological havoc with the help of Traumaville's corrupt
0: Mayor Grody. There you go. Thank you, Melanie.
1: Mayor Grody. (sighs) You just kind of have to say it that way.
0: Yeah. Mayor Grody. Grody. And Shannon is going to give us a very quick synopsis of The Toxic Avenger
2: a 98-pound nerd from New Jersey lands in a vat of toxic waste and becomes a benevolent monster.
0: (laughs) And if you're thinking to yourself, that's not a lot, Sean. It's not. That is accurate. That's
2: all you get, guys.
0: You should watch the film in order to kind of process and understand all the nuance.
1: I actually think the best synopsis is probably from Aaron calling it the hard R movie.
0: It is very hard R. Very I'm I'm almost surprised why it didn't get sort of an NC-17 or, or something even beyond that.
1: Yeah. Maybe There's, just like don't get produced. Maybe like that kind of a rating.
2: I really can't figure out if you guys are making me want to see the movie more or less.
1: <laughs> I think well, we can get into that later. Right. We should we should. We'll do that along with the, our conversation on the dip.
0: OK. I All think. Right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, because I, I I definitely am entering into this where I'm on the fence a little bit. And so I'm hoping that this conversation sort of leads me in one way or another. Melanie is already shaking her head as mm-hmm. if she wants me to lean in a very specific direction. I am not going to let her persuade what my final prediction is going to be.
2: I'm also kind of on the fence. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I've Shane. got some positive and some negative. Same yeah. here. We'll tally up the columns at the Mm -hmm. end and figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh
0: So to kick this off, we obviously have to enter into this by discussing and talking about the theme song. And so I'd love to get Shannon, your impression of the theme song, things that you liked, things that you didn't like about the toxic crusaders theme song.
2: Yes. Well, first of all, I've got a kind of like chef's kiss for, uh, uh, it really, really hit that. Um, late 80s early 90s sweet spot which is yeah just really incredible um there is a sweet ass guitar solo in the middle of it i love it just like some guy shredding on the guitar um pretty catchy i will say in the tradition of late 80s early 90s music a little hard to understand the lyrics Mm -hmm. so i had to listen to it several times um which actually helped me in retrospect because i watched I watched it once and then watched the cartoon all the way through. And when I when I watched the episode, I found myself wondering why they lived in a dump. I had like a lot of questions about that, especially yes. when his like lovely mother lives nearby and clearly wants to take care of him in ways that are problematic. But we will talk about that. Yep. Um. But the, a rewatch of the theme song answered my question. It's Correct. because the rent is cheap. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. yeah yeah it also raised questions for me um having not seen the movie such as why is there a tutu mentioned um and i'm hoping i'm hoping we can discuss that
0: i can i can break that down and answer that question for you
2: excellent yes
0: happy to do so any final comments or ideas about the theme song
2: it introduced um some of the gender stuff that i think we're going to be talking about too Got this it. idea that nobody would be friends with him or kiss him until he became a monster mm-hmm. and it's a lot about him getting a girlfriend which is very <laughs> which is very interesting but less about cleaning up the earth maybe more about him getting a girlfriend right. yes yeah it's yes.
0: very funny because our last episode a couple weeks ago was rubik the amazing cube it is a rubik cube that at some point the 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 kids that have found it that are witness to these magical powers at some point they use it in order to pick up girls or there's like an element to that and so i'm wondering if there was really something about sort of like 80s and early 90s cartoons that were just very if you're a guy you got to get a girlfriend
2: it's an interesting contrast though to captain planet right mm-hmm. who's very asexual mm-hmm. whereas this yeah there's there's something else going oh, no. on he's here. like dtf Yes.
0: <laughs> like Toxie oh. is DTF.
2: Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Right. Melanie, your thoughts on the intro, on this theme song?
1: It was his highest point. Wow. Of the episode Ooh. was the theme song you for
0: wanna break? You want to break it down at all?
1: I don't really have anything else to break down. It's super catchy. Like Shannon said, there's a million words that they try to kind of cram into, into it. And I think I – there's so many characters – As well, that are, like, all kind of... I mean, obviously, it's, like, the crusade... Like, the toxic crusaders. So, there's, like, a gang, you know, a team of some kind. Um, But, yeah, they just... I think they introduce, like, there's too much going on um, for an idea that they clearly boiled down for the movie to one line, which I think they could have just probably gone with that kind of theme of just, like, this is a dude who lived a very ordinary life and then, like, fell into... Like, got made fun of, fell into a vat, which... We can talk about the th- the themes, the differing themes later. I know we keep saying that. We're like, guys, we're gonna get to the good stuff. We promise. You just hold <laughs> hold on to your pants there. <laughs> so, you know, I think this is like a catchy, fun earworm. We ended we ended up definitely singing it after the fact. Right. Um, but yeah, that's like that's like the best part of the whole series is just the same song.
2: Right. It slaps. It slaps. <laughs> it slaps. <laughs>
1: Please add add Shannon Mancus if you understand what It Slaps means. (laughs) Shout out to my students at the
2: Colorado School of Mines who keep me young. Oh, that's so good. Uh,
0: I I will say the sort of the chorus that they have of the like toxic crusaders, toxic crusaders. That was super fun.
1: I mean, we're still singing it. Yeah, we're Mm -hmm. still
0: singing it. It's a total earworm. I, I completely agree with you. It is interesting that it is a hybrid opening where there's a little bit of dedicated animation that they have, but mm-hmm. a majority of it, I want to say almost 90% of it, is looks like it's stuff that they just ripped directly out of episodes yeah. to recycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's absolutely no roll call. So I agree with you, Melanie. It's very confusing to really sort of only introduce Toxie or just sort of the idea of the toxic crusaders but not really break down who these individual characters are cuz they could
1: have called the show the toxic avenger and the crusaders or like toxie and the crusaders like they could have done anything to help indicate that it's not it's not like teenage mutant ninja turtles there there is a central character right. this isn't really like a show that's as much about all these 700 mutants i don't remember how many there are i don't care right like there's there's it's about toxie and getting that, getting that new, new, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's the whole show.
0: Right, right. Uh, I will say that the Masked guitar solo, I 100% agree with you, was a delight to just have that moment that was sort of shredding. And it reminded me of some cartoons that were in sort of the early 90s, mid 90s, such as Wildcats, as well as also Ultra Force that have sort of this very kind of heavy metal intro. They are very hard to hear. And sometimes I wonder if that's just a a byproduct of sort of dubbing and and uploading these things in poor quality from the original. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, we were actually watching this on Troma's YouTube channel, which they had access to all the originals for this and they uploaded very high quality and it was still challenging to hear, which is not a problem. Uh, I will say that the challenging thing that they talk about in terms of gender for this to kind of help inform what we're talking about. So Melvin... The person who becomes Toxie worked at this Tromaville fitness center and was sort of a very aloof employee. Wasn't super great at his job, but he wasn't bad at it. But there are some characters from the movie that felt the need to pick on him in this time. And in the cartoon, it's called Bonehead. In the movie, it's called Slug and Bozo are the two who are picking on him and They have both of those main characters in the movie uh, have two girlfriends that are sort of accomplices to this vehicular manslaughter. And because they all hate Melvin, they decide to play a prank on him. One of them seduces him to come down into the pool to have sex with him. And in the process of when he gets down there, uh, everybody turns on the lights and he has kissed a goat that is wearing a bikini and has lipstick on its face. And the embarrassment from that, as well as also the fact that everybody from that gym is down there laughing at him and making fun of him, caused him to run and jump out a window. He landed into a canister of toxic waste that was outside, strategically placed because two drug people uh, who.
2: Of course. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who were driving
0: a truck that had toxic waste on the back decided that they were going to pull the car over in front of this gym to do a bunch of pills.
2: Classic drug people move. Yeah. Classic
0: drug people yeah. move. Wow. They're
1: like yeah. the number one ranked trusted driver of toxic waste. It's just like people on op- opioids. Jeez.
2: Well, everybody knows that toxic waste is primarily a byproduct of the drug trade. Yeah. Yeah. Is that fact? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> but but I a- it you said it with authority. Such authority.
0: Such <laughs> conviction, Shannon. Damn it. <laughs> So
1: I can't help but think hearing you retell the the story of embarrassment of how Toxie ends up with his tutu and that sort of thing. Oh, oh sorry. Oh,
0: I, w- I will say. Yeah, thank I you need for to the, know where the. Yeah. Thank you for the oh. tutu. He was essentially a mop boy in the gym, like cleaning up after everybody. And the woman who seduced him to come down to have sex was like, I want you to put on this pink tutu. I'll find it really unbelievably hot if you do this. And so he comes down. And then when they flick the lights on, it's him wearing a tutu and like long johns, kissing a kissing this
2: okay. this animal. All right, yeah. So, it's interesting um, that it comes to be embraced though in the yeah and so th- just hearing that again,
1: the the line I was gonna go down is I'm starting to formulate a conspiracy about Toxic Avenger that it's just like the writer's bad experience and like how he wished he would have become a superhero from it sure like i i this has to have happened to him <laughs> like there's it's so specific a
0: drug people carrying i did want to say simply that they were truck drivers and just drug people came out so thank you for rolling with me <laughs> damn it <laughs> amazing oh man so i, I want to talk a little bit about the the animation mm-hmm. uh you know, there were a lot of contemporaries that were around at this point that had become very notable. We've even talked about a couple so far relating to thematic content and ideas that they had that also have some overlap and would have been considered contemporaries at this time. And so for the animation, for what we watched tonight, Shannon, did this make you think of anything in particular? Was there anything that you noticed?
2: It definitely made me think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. And it made me really wonder what was going on in the late 80s and early 90s where there became this fascination with trash and sewage among children. Yeah. <laughs> because there's really something about I mean they uh the crusaders live in a junkyard and that aesthetic is very prominent that sort of gross out yeah. aesthetic and then the teenage mutant ninja turtles living in the sewer. Right. Right? Um yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about why why that's attractive to young kids <laughs> during, this, during know. this period of time.
0: I, I agree with you. That's also like, I mean, but you think about in the 80s and early 90s, we had, you know, uh, garbage pail kids. Yep. There was really just that whole notion and idea of grossing one, each other out, you know, with like fart jokes, boogers, mm-hmm. bodily
2: fluids and stuff like that. I mean, even things like Double Dare. Right. right? Oh, so yeah. 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 That's
1: totally on point.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that's just a little kid thing. I don't know. Oh, oh, but it really seems like there was a peak.
1: I actually think there's been kind of a rounding out of that because so I do a lot of um facilitations <laughs> around branding, around like uh, like people's perceptions around branding. And if you take a look at the way that Nickelodeon has rebranded, I don't know if if you've seen this so like in the 90s, very iconically, Nickelodeon was like a big orange splat mark. Mm-hmm. and now, and it's and it was like, Hand-drawn sort of like markery kind of font face. And now the branding for Nickelodeon is very like lowercase, rounded shapes that are all like thick block letters. And the I is a is a quick like it's like a little droplet. So it's the only thing calling back to the like splat of the past, essentially. And so th- when you started to like put this together, I was like, there's a potential that there's like a um like a cleaning up and smoothing out of the understanding for cartoons and it's kind of like it's bend towards edutainment and all of that sort of thing. I mm. think that these all feel very intentional.
0: No, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, you, you look at a lot of the cartoons that you had during this time, you know, where not only was it just sort of the idea of garbage and trash and and everything like all real monsters. Oh
2: yeah. Yes.
0: You know, you have all these characters that are in and around this time that are living, you know, they exist inside of a dump uh, and they're they're scaring people, freaking them out, but you have a lot of uh, anthropomorphism of characters like you have we mentioned teenage mutant ninja turtles, but you you also have street sharks, mm-hmm. you know, and and so those are characters that have been like genetically modified and changed to, to be in this different form, but like they, they live in like sewers, they live in all these areas as well. And so I think in in terms of what they maybe maybe what they're trying to say is that simply, you know, when you have somebody who's kind of weird or disfigured or different, uh, you know, the refuge that they can kind of, you know, seek is that in the sewer in sort of like this unsavory kind of unsettling place, but then they can kind of rise to prominence you know, and, and rise above kind of where they are in terms of that that status that they have because ultimately you're going to look down on somebody who's kind of gross that's living in a sewer. Like that's that's an unsavory place to be, but then suddenly that person is saving you. And so maybe there's a part of me that's like, as I'm saying this out loud, thinking, well, maybe they're trying to challenge, you know, the, your way of thinking and saying that like people can help you from from anywhere, in, you know, in any walk of life and in any, you know, avenue. But they're still helping you, and if they are different, you shouldn't look down on them because it, ultimately they're still trying to benefit you. They're still trying to show some compassion, and so ah,
2: I love that, Sean.
0: Thank you, Shannon.
2: Love I, it. I feel skepticism, <laughs>
0: <laughs> as you would.
1: I have doubt,
0: Melanie. Anything else about the the animation style from you?
1: So, of of all kind of the things that we have watched over this cartoon together, the thing that I I would agree with Shannon, it's very um, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's very of that era of animation. Um, a few points of laziness, right? We have a lot of like environmental establishing shots that are just kind of like a static image that's being like shaken up and down <laughs> or like, you know, like, like buzzed side to side for different reasons. Um, but something that we, the other parallel to TMNT that I thought was interesting is Um, we were looking a lot at the color palettes that are being used for like the good guys versus the bad Mm -hmm. guys. And the bad guys are purples, Mm -hmm. which I think isn't that well, besides like, I'm trying to think there's something else that has like the purple. Oh, am I I thinking of Smurfs? I think I might be thinking of Smurfs has a like, a darker blues and purples and greys, like for um like the bad the bad guy characters. Right.
0: That that's actually just villain color theory in general. Is oh, is have, it just
1: general villain color? Okay, correct. well and to then, have more yeah.
0: purples and like blues for villains, uh and to have okay. uh, heroes be kind of like stronger, more kind of uh bright colors okay. in a sense. Well
1: we have that. That's fascinating. And so just in
0: terms of like the color spectrum, you'll have villains on one end and you'll have heroes on the other.
1: Yeah. We have a lot of that, a lot of green and orange for our heroes. Correct. Yeah.
0: Especially for the episode that we watched tonight, we had Dr. Kilimov who is almost completely purple and his suit's blue and a majority of the character bonehead, you know, is a, is a purplish hue as well with kind of like some bright accents, but mainly kind of, pretty monochromatic as well
2: yeah there's also something really interesting about villains from this era being partly mechanical or Mm -hmm. having a sort of Mm -hmm. cyborg look Mm -hmm. whereas the the heroes are often more organic right like animals or they're more organically shaped like lumpy and sort of rounded or yeah but the the breathing mask on Dr. Killamoff, I thought was fascinating. Yes. Right. Um,
0: and you'll do that with a lot of villains. I mean, I know that we keep picking on TMNT, but Shredder having the mask over his mm-hmm. face, Krang being inside of like a, a robot body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so a lot of that's just sort of a weird kind of mechanical uh, robotic extension of their body to kind of freak that out. It, it's unsettling. It's weird, you know? And so just to kind of like continue to highlight that, but even then, when you look at your heroes, you're just like you said—they are kind of like weird and bumpy, and and in some cases, kind of grotesque. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, how do we make villains even more grotesque?
2: And there's sort of a contrast between the heroes are natural and the villains are sort of unnatural, yeah, right? And like- that they're cyborgian,
1: cyborgy, and like skeletons, mm-hmm. and like like I'm just trying to like pull them back up. Yeah, cyborgy definitely, uh, cyborgy.
0: <laughs> so definitely very very weird, yes, but we we have uh we've talked a little bit about some of these different characters, and we should mention that the the episode that we did watch for tonight this was actually the highest rated episode that was on i m d b of oh. all the thirteen episodes we're
3: wow.
1: we're buddy
0: <laughs> yeah, and it is season one episode seven called Mr Earth superhero, so with that in mind, I kind of wanted to check and see Shannon. What what was a character from this episode? Because we had a lot, we had a large cast of characters. Was there anyone that, when you watched this episode, that you thought, "I really, I really enjoy this character. I, I like hearing from
2: them." I liked Toxy. Really, actually, I Great. think out of out of all of them, um, I I think that he's sort of weird and offbeat, and again, an interesting. Contrast to Captain Planet, where he's right. like a little, um, a little bumbling and <laughs> a, a little uncertain of himself. And I mean, there are a lot of uninteresting characters <laughs> in this cartoon. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it really is oversaturated. There, oh, are- that's such a good word for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't really get a handle on any of the other characters and all the other characters that popped out did so for negative reasons right although I will say I do like psycho the sidekick and the fact that he all of his lines are delivered with a flat affect yes just completely emotionlessly and then yeah I also enjoyed that it's perfect I'm going to talk more about why I liked Toxie in a minute okay Yeah.
0: understood good dog hair
2: (laughs) good dog hair Dog, good dog, dog ear. ear. Oh, all right, all right. All right. Well, that yeah. makes more sense. Little
1: page bend. That
0: yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. A little bookmark. Great. Right? Yeah.
2: Put a pin in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Melanie. Yes. Was there a character that you enjoyed watching?
1: Uh, I think Psycho was also my favorite because Psycho just said, "Fuck this cartoon! I'm going to tell the future," <laughs> which is <laughs> the best. Which was the best. It made me laugh every time he was like, "He's. They're going to come back and destroy us all," and. Kill him off is like, shut up, or like smacks him back or whatever. He's like, sorry, but I just can't help myself. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes. We can't all help but know how this is going to end because it's a cartoon, and we're all very painfully aware that it's a cartoon. <laughs> um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to take your question and spin it on its head for a second because I'm going to say that the character I pity the most is poor Yvonne only having one eye, but then also sometimes having the other only one eye. (laughs) Like they only ever animate one eye at a time. The rest is covered by her hair. It's I, why, why did they do that to uh, her? Why? Giant
2: glasses, giant
1: glasses, giant hair, blonde hair, poof,
2: giant glasses that look a lot like the mother's glasses. And there is something Freudian going on there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. But
1: let me tell you, she is not a toxic crusader.
2: Oh yeah, they make that real clear. Very clear.
0: I'm aware. <laughs> are you, or
1: do you need me to do a demo of uh, her uh, accord? They're the toxic crusaders. They're the toxic crusaders. I'm not a toxic crusaders, but they are. I don't know that it's was something, amazing. something that was perfect. Like that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I I think in a moment. We can get a little bit more into this because I think there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about there.
1: Just want to pop the cans. But, Do
0: it. Yeah, but I mean this this Yvonne character. Her name was Sarah in the actual movie itself, uh, and it's it's very interesting that they chose to only animate one eye at a time. I she has both eyes. I don't know. I don't know either. That's and, my question.
1: And I don't know if it's the left or the right because it was different depending on the screen and the frame that they chose to draw her eye in.
0: Uh, My concern is that this is gonna be sort of, to again go back to Captain Planet, like a Dr. Blight who if you pulled back that kind of, she had blonde hair and she had like a little yellow tuft in the front that kind of covered up sort of a scar that she had that was over her face. And so I wonder if this was something that suddenly Yvonne's hair would move and you'd see sort of this disfigured uh, face that kind of resembled maybe what Toxie looked like. Uh, I don't know. I This is me just spitballing. Making shit up. Yeah, making shit up right now. Welcome to this show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Where
0: every episode I make shit up.
2: Well, that would be really interesting because they really embrace sort of like what would be considered quote unquote disabilities in the Crusaders themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, no Zone is missing... A leg and has a cool ass wheel yep. instead, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, so it's it, there's something kind of interesting about how it embraces this sort of non-normativity, but not when it comes to the women in the show. No, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: I, I to round out before we get into our plot because I think this is where we all want to yes, to please. have this formal discussion. Yes, I liked Mop. I thought Mop was the, <laughs> oh nice. I thought Mop was the unsung hero of this cartoon I thought he was fantastic uh, a sentient mop yeah, that that's at, pretty some, great. at some point he throws it and it takes out two guys in a helicopter and then it crashes the helicopter that's a mop
2: yeah that's- yeah that's good you're not gonna find that at your local target yeah no. <laughs> you're
0: not gonna find that in a swiffer
1: the most <laughs> humble and the most effective character so I'm on board honestly let's get mop a show I'm into that oh yeah yeah
0: oh that'd be great yeah so we have kind of talked about this a little bit. I want to now obviously talk about the the plot of the show. And we're not going to go beat by beat for this particular episode. We're not going to go beat by beat for the movie, which it feels like I already have in certain instances. But I think it's necessary to kind of fill in a little bit of the the differences that we have between the cartoon as well as also the actual live action. So with that being said, let's get into a, a rather high-level thematic discussion about some of the things that we had that are here. And so I wanted to kind of kick this off with saying, are there any particular questions that we need to get answered from this cartoon? Yes.
2: Please.
1: Yes. Let's get, let's um, get into it, Shannon. Don't even ask me because I just want to help answer
2: Shannon's questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I don't even care. I, okay. My first question is radiation. Good or bad. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. Because like what is happening here? Because it gives the toxic crusaders their superpowers. Mm-hmm. Good. Right. Hooray. They can save humanity because of toxic waste. But we also have the, oh my gosh, the minions of the bad guys. Radiation Rangers. Radiation the Radiation Rangers. Mel, no,
0: come on. You're the leader. Oh, right. of yeah, the you,
1: you talked over me. <laughs> I only
2: have one eye right now. I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah so so that's confusing and knowing a little bit more about the film helps clarify this for me right because Uh, because in the film he is a monster right and and there is an eco horror trope this sort of thing that occurs over and over again in eco horror where you mistreat the earth where you you generate this monster and it comes back to haunt you right it's sort of the sins of humanity's past rise up in in different ways and and sort of haunt the viewer
0: and we've seen this before with swamp thing Mm-hmm. and this is sort of where ultimately this kind of eco monster becomes a almost a frankenstein's monster yes where you you feel empathetic towards this monster's plight uh, at the same time though he's very misunderstood and so then he's a target of ridicule and the the rest of society
2: right and when you make a monster you set up the monster in juxtaposition to like the humans. And so it becomes this high level conversation about what makes somebody human, what makes somebody a monster. Um, But here, clearly they've just kind of (laughs) changed the character so much that it's like, well, actually rather than toxic, are our sort of toxic past coming back to haunt us? Our toxic past is coming back to help us in this really interesting way. And it kind of feels like, well, should we just make more toxic waste? I I don't know. Mm.
1: Yes. Especially because the framing of this particular episode, so a little, for like a smidgen of background, the toxic crusaders are at the dump and a bus pulls up. And this like very clean cut huge chin Jared Leto not Jared
2: Leto
0: <laughs> Jay, Leno. Jay
2: Leto um, Jay Leto I'm so sorry,
0: Jared Leto that
2: would that would make the episode I I would watch that remake I'm yeah, sorry Jared, all Jared Leto all of Thirty
0: Seconds to Mars guest stars in this
2: <laughs> so this punch
1: chin walks out walks <laughs> <laughs> out <laughs> this bus. this Dudley Do Right looking yes, yes. Do Right looking mother effort yep. He just he just like walks out and he's Mr. Earth is what he declares himself as. He says that he's tried on a bunch of different other names, uh, such as oh I have it up here. Hold on, uh, World Person. That didn't work out, and that he you know he wants to be a Toxic Crusader, and he's tried in these other towns and he's been rejected numerous times. And the Toxic Crusaders are like, well, it's not that easy to become a Toxic Crusader. You have to be hideously deformed. And have a power based on your environment, and he's like, "Oh!" And then the whole rest of the episode is just like this dum dum's journey. I don't know, just like wrecking havoc, basically. Like, like that's the whole rest of the story. But what's fascinating, to your point, Shannon, is like it's it's a con- it's I guess it's a conversation about what it means to be a superhero, and it's definitely not coming down hard either direction about, like, the the environmentalism that it's actually, like, very steeped in. And it's just, like, this is a Looney Tune bin. Like, that's what I read this entire, like, show to be about. It's just, like, let's just make this batshit stupid and crazy with no repercussions. Instead of being, like, a conversation about bullying, which I feel like is what toxic, maybe some of toxic Avengers trying to talk about. Is like
0: I, I, having recently watched the the movie, I'm gonna say no. No, not about <laughs> bullying,
1: not about mistreating people and then like coming and then like the, the repercussions you have for mistreating people. If,
0: if it is, I think it's very bottom of the list in terms of what seems to be important about that. I think it's just sort of maybe a vehicle to get them to that point mm-hmm. uh, to begin to kind of introduce sort of this uh, ecotrope and sort of this monster trope as well uh but it, it it seems like it's very i mean i can see why you're bringing it up it's it the does make a lot of only theme it has okay
1: like it's very like it's not got a whole i mean there's other things happening but it's not like the point of view i think that it's trying to establish okay which is just like if you fuck with somebody else's life your life will get fucked up that's what the toxic avenger is avenging okay is bad behavior
0: that is right. accurate, yeah.
1: The Crusaders, which again, oh, well, actually not again. We didn't talk about this yet. Why are they called the Toxic Crusaders? What are they crusading for? Unclear from this
2: episode.
0: Very unclear.
1: I want to know. Please at me. I want to know.
0: <laughs> it, it, it seems kind of unclear because at the same time where there is this this ecological and environmental element and focus for the show, they don't seem to necessarily want to go out and go kind of above and beyond. I I feel like it's always, I feel like they always have to crusade when there is a villain who's actually doing something. So it's it's not like they're trying.
2: What are they crusading for? Unclear. Yeah, they're really more reactive than proactive. Like they're literally sitting around in a kiddie pool. Yes. Until his traumatons activate, whatever his version of spidey senses. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have Next question. one more question. Next oh, question. I mean, I have a lot of questions, no, but I'm going to limit myself to one more question. Um, and that is, what is this saying about capitalism this episode? Because, okay, so this is something we talk a lot about when I oh, teach environmental yes. film or environmental media. Um, sort of what is the prescribed action? And Often with kids, uh, kids shows that are environmentally focused, it's about caring more or it's about... Um, cleaning up the planet or picking up litter or planting more trees, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And it, I mean, very rarely understandably gets into high level critiques and, and most, most environmental media doesn't get into systemic critiques of what got us to that point and is more focused on let's recycle and let's pick up and let's do all these sort of end user things. Right. But this, this episode starts off by the villain saying that he's going to, like, his evil plan is to smash the mall right before the holiday rush mm-hmm. so that people will be totally lost and freaked out that they can't consume in the way that they think that they're meant to. And then he's right. going to sell them can opener-looking thingy-majiggies <laughs> that generate smog. So, brilliant plan. Yeah. Amazing. Um, But so, so... <laughs> what the toxic Avengers have to do in order to thwart the evil plan is protect like rabid consumer capitalism. Right. But at the same time, the villains plan is to become this capitalist where he's selling them these smog producing items. Yeah. Which it should
1: be mentioned that the throughout the episode, they don't even know that's the plan. <laughs> right. Like, they're not even actually fighting actively against Dr. Kilimov. They're fighting this other dumb, dumb asshole superhero who, like, like, the whole chaos that ensues is because he hears Yvonne singing with her accordion and then starts to fuck everybody up because of that? <laughs> like, uh, just to, quote, save her? I mean, ugh, blah. but... So the Toxic Avengers are trying to like counteract the mayhem that he has caused. Not fight the bad guys. The bad guys try to capitalize on his like chaos muppetness. Yeah, but that's that's like the whole plot of the show is incidental. Which what does that even say? Yeah, no, it's
2: crazy. Yeah, this whole conversation is also really interesting in context with the short um little plea from Uncle Lloydie that plays before the episode I want
0: I wanted to get into this Oh so my let's, gosh let's do it As we mentioned we watched this on Troma's YouTube channel which has which looks like there used to be a time when you could buy a VHS or a DVD and there would be sort of a a quick kind of sketch or interstitial that they would have that they would use to lead into the episode I remember watching a ton of these because when I would purchase South Park on VHS in the 90s, they would have the creators in a hot tub doing an introduction of the episode that you were about to watch, which was super funny, and it's always great to see Trey Parker and Matt Stone do something kind of silly like this, and it seemed kind of very out of character, but it seemed like they were also kind of just fucking around and having fun. What we watch tonight that Shannon is about to describe <laughs> is different.
2: Yeah. Oh. So... There is this kind of tongue-in-cheek thing where um, we are introduced to Uncle Lloydie, who is a sort of Mr. Rogers-esque figure wearing a pink pullover sweater and a tie, and there's sort of campy kids music that sometimes gets distorted, Um, but... Uh, and I would love to hear both of your takes on this. But the thing that sort of stuck out in, in terms of this consumerism thing is that he is pitching hard for whoever is watching to please buy merch. Yes. <laughs> yes. He is surrounded by merch and he is basically like, I'm, he literally says at some point something about how he's going to collect his welfare check. Yes. Right. Uh, so, like, please buy shit to support independent media.
0: Right, so uh, we should mention that Uncle Lloydy is Lloyd Kaufman, uh, who was one of the the directors, uh, writers, screen or director, producer, screenwriter, and actor within a lot of these different trauma productions that they have. That's here. He had originally gotten the idea. I believe he was a PA on the film Rocky. No, and all of the stuff about things taking place in a gym kind of came from that initial idea which then translated you know several years later into him writing and producing and directing toxic avenger
1: got picked on and was forced to kiss a goat on set of rocky
0: yeah i don't know about that (laughs) you sure maybe
2: i think that's what happened i
0: feel like this is a lawsuit waiting to happen if i continue to speculate
2: (laughs) your speculation yes
0: So yeah, just to kind of fill in some gaps there. So he, just this plea of him kind of going off and, and just saying we had, we, if we would have gone more than 13 episodes, we would have all of this product to shill, you know? And then, but then at the same time, as he's making this plea for you to buy this stuff, he has a couple little quick one-liners that's like, can you say devil worshiping media conglomerate? Yep. So it's, I, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, at the same time, he's trying to position again, as we've mentioned in this particular episode, this rampant consumerism. at the same time, though, he is promoting rampant consumerism of his particular product.
2: yes, yeah. Um, also just side note, along with the devil worshiping international media conglomerates, which actually like pops up on the screen, like you can to help you learn the phrase. He says that it's a conspiracy. And some very bad men tried to take Toxie off the air, which I have to say in 2019, when you've got like, he's all but saying globalist in there, right? There is something like that reads very strangely and upsettingly about that. All of those sort of phrases put together.
1: I I feel like the opening, this, this opening with uncle Lloydie, which I'm glad that we're like revisiting kind of beat by beat is very helpful in uh, answering the question for me, which is like how much of what has happened in the movie, in this, this TV show is intentional. And I think it's none of it's intentional. I think he's just like, I think none of this makes sense. Like he is actively like uh, contradicting himself. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's intentional.
2: I think you're right. But I think that there are some things intentional or not that come across as crystal clear. Uh, in, in terms of messages, especially about gender.
1: There's... So... Oh, yes. I Oh, so... Y- uh, yes, I see what you're saying. I think there's, like... What am I trying to say? Like, it is frustrating to me that there's, like, so much interesting positioning that they have done that they have just chosen to be like, meh, whatever, we're just gonna make fun of this lady for the rest of the episode, right? Or, like, meh, whatever, we'll just get Toxie out of a, a sitch by having his mom write him an excusal note yes. for an adult grown man. Correct. And like, what?
0: I, I want to go back though. And I, I if, if the both of you could help me kind of unpack sort of the, the gender roles that take place within this particular episode and just sort of the, the discussion around sort of where they place blame.
2: Can I can I actually start off with something positive? Yes, please. Here? Because the the thing that I really enjoyed from this episode is actually the sort of offbeat way they present masculinity. And maybe Mel, you'll be able to talk me out of this.
1: It's okay, right? You're but right.
2: I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little like weirdo academic here for a minute. But okay. I, it made me think about the phrase toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Um, but it's actually the traditionally ta- the traditionally masculine um, Mr. Earth that ends up being classically toxic.
1: yes, right.
2: So you've got Yvonne basically explaining what happens when he wreaks havoc on the downtown, saying he started beating up on everything in sight mm-hmm. in the name of heroics. And then somebody else says, I think he thinks he's helping. Yes, right. So it's this ha- it's this haplessness and this sort of, like, where he's fucking up is this idea that he has to be this traditionally masculine hero and rescue everything, but it's actually destroying destroying everything, right? Right? Whereas the the other model of masculinity is the literally toxic person whose name is Toxy, right, who actually has some really weird, uh, not weird, but offbeat or non-traditional gender things going on, right like the tutu, sure. which he embraces. Sure. Um, and then also his battle cry in this episode I, is, I hope I don't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right.
0: And I will say that is a fantastic battle cry. Yes. In, in preparing for this episode, our buddy Bobby Anthem had reached out to me and said, I watched this show. The battle cry is my favorite thing. Yeah, it's so amazing. I agree. I agree. It's fantastic.
2: But there's something really kind of great, I think, about the fact that... um as the lead character in a show in 1990 that definitely seems primarily aimed at little boys in the way that the cartoons back there were very gendered, there's a sort of embracing of a different attitude and a sort of denigrating of this kind of, like, charge in, take control, wreck everything. Like, it's more important for you to look and feel like a hero than to actually be helping. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I don't know. So that's my... That's my sort of positive thing that I took away from the cartoon.
0: No, I think that that's a great point. So, I definitely think that there's a lot, you know, of of moments where uh you see really kind of Toxie himself. I don't know about the rest of the Crusaders, but you definitely see Toxie have a little bit more of a compassionate and sensitive side as well. And he's also a rule follower.
2: Yeah. He's yes. also
0: very much a rule yes. follower. Like if somebody says, you know, hey, there's now a a license That you need in order to be a superhero he's like oh i'm gonna go down and i'm gonna protest this at city hall
2: yeah i'm gonna wait for three hours to see the mayor i'm gonna
0: fill out some forms like i got i got paperwork (laughs) to do you know so there's a part of me that i'm just like it seems like just uh, regardless of how he looks in his appearance he's still a law abiding citizen who still kind of understands what the the ramifications could be of him operating without a license and he's willing to to make the commitment uh, not only because, you know, he feels that it's going to benefit himself, but it's going to benefit Tromaville. Right. You know, I mean, he really is trying to be uh, an honest, respectful uh, superhero to the best of his ability. Yeah. So I think that that is very positive.
2: In the era of He-Man. Right. Which there's there's not really, there's nothing wrong with He-Man, but the, this just is something different. Right. Yes. Yeah. He,
0: He-Man never made a comment that was just like, hey... I hope everybody else is okay. Right. I hope. Hey, everybody else, good. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go save the day right now.
2: I mean, He Man did a lot of good things. Let's not. But right. But to have alternate models of how to be in the world, I think is. This is this is just offbeat, and I I kind of dug that. Yeah,
0: he's not selfish. No. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm a big fan of kind of seeing that side of a character, especially at this this point in early 90s cartoons yeah this cartoon also did some things that were wrong
2: yeah so as nuanced as the portrayal (laughs) as the new as nuanced as the portrayal of of the main male character is the two female characters are not that no also we just mentioned right a few minutes ago that this this cartoon is saturated with characters and i will repeat the two female characters who are his girlfriend and his mother <laughs> mm-hmm. um, are not nuanced.
0: So I guess maybe then it kind of helps to, to look at the idea of what you had mentioned, Mel, is that for Yvonne's character, she is playing the accordion, she's singing a song, mm-hmm. and she's singing it in such a way where she has included herself in the group of toxic crusaders. Now we've learned from very early in this episode that there are really two qualifications in order to be a member of the toxic crusaders she does not meet either of those qualifications. We
1: don't know if she's hideously deformed.
0: Again, you know, in this episode- You're
2: or, the one who suggested that. She, yeah, oh, she might not, I, I, it might not be a visible just, disability.
0: I, I, I know, I'm just saying for all, for, all, you know, for all intents and purposes, we don't know that, that we can't definitively say factually that Yvonne, you know, has something going on. But uh, for the sake of this cartoon, they, you know, we, we, we set up these parameters of what it takes to get into this club she sure. doesn't meet those parameters to get into the club, but she sings a song that includes her in this, and then she is then essentially told by, was it? no, or no zone no By Nozone, no zone, that she cannot be a part, that she is not a member of this group. She she's- is helping them, she is supporting them as much as she possibly can. She's dating the leader. And I I thought that that was kind of like fucked up to not only have this character say that, but then to not have Toxie be like, hey, man, can we talk on the side? Yeah, right. Can we duck blind real quick? You're being a
2: dick. It's a big beat in the episode. It is. She sings an entire song. (laughs) We're the Toxic Crusaders. And let's be honest, there was no need for a musical interlude or a breakdown. None none at (laughs) all. But they gave her the time. Yeah. They gave her the time to focus on this. She sings it through once as we're the Toxic (laughs) Crusaders. It takes probably 20 to 30 seconds, which in a cartoon is quite a while. forever And they go out of the way to have No Zone come over and be like, unacceptable. Please change the lyrics, and then they give her the time to sing the entire song again with "They're the Toxic Crusaders" as the lyrics, and it's just kind of an amazing, yeah, it's, it's kind of an amazing moment.
1: They chose to make her singing voice so terrible that it, like, is a defense in of itself, right? Yeah, like it, like it's, it's um, repulsive to yep. others. And, and and then, like, she can't see all the way because her bangs are in her face.
2: She's painted as shrill, yeah. right, and silly and annoying. yeah. And the only other things we know about her, she wears... Oh, and wears- she's
1: buxom, sorry. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Described as buxom, yep. according to the
1: Wikipedia page.
2: Yep, and wearing a very short, flared pink skirt and heels and blonde and... Yeah, so all the nuance <laughs> with Toxy, this is like gender stereotype 101, just really. Yeah. So it's either that or the mother who's just there to nurture them and be yeah.
1: he in her fabulous moo moo. it's a good moo Yeah, it's a pretty good moo.
2: They both have pretty great glasses too, even though it's creepy that they sort of have the same glasses. Yeah. yeah. Um
0: could have been a BOGO at LensCrafters. Crafters.
2: Could have
1: That's
2: been a bargo. That's
0: true. Guys, mm-hmm. this week's sponsored by LensCrafters. lens
2: crafters. <laughs> <laughs> oh Actually, in terms of advertising, part of what was so interesting about my experience of watching this on YouTube is in the middle of the episode, one of the <laughs> ads I got was this Nike ad about gender equality in sports. Oh God. <laughs> Holy shit. So oh, I had boy. to like pause in the middle of this episode and watch a 30 second <laughs> ad that was like, she wants to be the first woman to play for the New York Yankees. And then we like, came back to this like terrible oh, my God. accordion song and boys being like, yeah uh, wow
0: so i want to ask do we have any any final questions i think i have one final question for all three of us but i wanted to just check and see shannon melanie anything that we need to get answered before we sort of give our our final weigh-in
2: i don't think so how did this get made (laughs) yep how did this get made
0: Shannon that's that's a different
2: podcast
0: that that is a different podcast (laughs) this is the question that we always ask ourselves on this show is how did some of this stuff get made it's fine that's that's why we're that's why we're here that's why we're here to help with this so I wanted to ask you know we we've talked about and we've drawn a lot of parallels to other eco-friendly cartoons that we've had that have been out there obviously Captain Planet uh, you know and sort of the the sentiment and, and sort of the the learning lessons that you get from Captain Planet in maybe the terms of a, a PSA or uh, thematic focus that they have throughout the episode of, of maybe, you know, polluting is bad in a certain sense, or maybe we should have a conversation about solar power, a lot of the things that are there, I think that these things are important, especially within the context of Captain Planet. Clearly the idea for Toxic Crusaders is that they're trying to in some case potentially co-op some of those ideas, kind of pull some of those themes into a cartoon. And I ultimately want to know, did you feel like that message was received for you as the adult viewer when you were watching this that there was some lesson learned or some idea that you had that you that was a takeaway about our environment, about how you could benefit or help our environment in any way, shape or form.
2: No. <laughs> no. That's
0: three no's in a row. That's, again, I think the capitalism conversation that Shannon had addressed and brought up is probably the weirdest, and to Melanie's point, which was fantastic, is that like at the same time, this is almost a throwaway plot point. Yep. Yeah. That you don't fucking need. Right.
1: Maybe what you could learn from this is if we let toxicity take over the planet, we could become a formidable opponent to capitalism.
2: Yeah. But at the same time, the byproducts of capitalism that are traditionally considered bad, like trash and waste, are not only not bad, they're home. Yep. <laughs> <in this. laughs>
1: We have to learn to adapt to. Uh, this is I'm reaching. No, no, um, no like, I love it. I'm I love like where you're really going. Try, like, if there's uh, any intentionality, maybe it's like if we become trash, toxic, waste people, then we will be able to stand up to uh, the
2: cleanliness
1: uh,
2: of villains who want to produce smog. smog. <laughs>
0: if we, if we so all pure. become toxic and we have superpowers then we'll be included in the crusaders yes. there won't regardless of gender
3: <laughs> and yeah.
0: identity we'll just be included because then finally we'll have achieved this uh this new superior state of humanity where you know we've <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean like yeah, just keep going Sean you got it you got it this babe. Is,
0: what I'm trying to say is that this is the next evolution in uh-huh. terms of humans is that we have to just dip a little toe in some toxic waste gain a couple powers and then go out and fight crime and capitalism
2: so in in my media and environment classes we um, always I always ask what is this cultural product trying to make you think feel or do uh, and usually With environmentally themed things it's pretty damn clear right and this is just a mystery
0: i agree i agree
2: it is but i think it is kind of saying i mean because part of the impetus of superhero cartoons is that the kid is supposed to want to become the superhero right so i think you're kind of spot on sean right this go dip your toe in some toxic waste
0: right (laughs) Gotcha. Go
2: swimming in Lake Anna after an accident. This is no.
1: Here's the theme. I got it. I nailed it. The theme of this is we're all gonna fucking die because capitalism rules us all. Ultimately,
2: piggybacking off of that, Mm -hmm. what we didn't talk about is um, that I wanted to bring up really quickly was historical context, and I have years written down. Um, So this was 1990. Chernobyl was 1986. Wow. Uh, okay. And 1979 was Three Mile Island. So there's something really interesting about, about that. And again, I think that the movie is probably clearer about what it's trying to say. <laughs> I'm no, it, 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 it is no, 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 no. Hard no for Mel. Well, no, again, no, because no.
0: it was released in 86, and so it would have been written and probably shot and produced the year before. So Chernobyl and Three Mile Island would not have happened yet.
2: Oh, right. Okay. I forgot that the movie was that much earlier than the cartoon. Yeah. But there's a history of um, nuclear anxiety being translated into monsters, starting with Godzilla. Right. Right. So Godzilla and the, the movie Them, which is about giant ants, right? Mm-hmm. All these sort of, this there's this tradition of radiation making monsters that are either helpful or harmful. hmm and those films generally have sort of a clear moral structure or political outcome and yeah this is just not that, that. it is
0: not ah all right guess what you yeah you listening right now we're going to get to our opinions in just a moment but it turns out that you listening right now you guys also have your very own opinions and you post them all over the internet and we try to pull them together so that we can hand this over to longtime listener in front of the show, Bobby Anthem for this week's love it or hate
3: it. Bobby, take it away. Our love it. This week is titled great show by Brody, Bruce, 28. <laughs> More rats. Nice. Well, Brody wrote this in October of 2002 and he said, It's one of those great sadnesses when you realize one of your favorite childhood TV shows fraught with possibilities only ran for 13 episodes. Maybe they did the old Ren and Stimpy thing, where you change the scenes around to make new plots. Anyway, similar to the movies, Apocalypse Incorporated, an evil corporation run by Dr. Killamoff, an alien, they dump toxic waste and trash everywhere in New Jersey especially here in Traumaville. A complete and hopeless nerd, Melvin Junko falls into some waste and becomes the Toxic Crusaders, Traumaville's favorite hideously deformed mutant of superhuman size and strength and the first superhero from New Jersey. Joining him were his mom, his girlfriend, blind, well, she would have to be really, junkyard, a half-dog, half-man, no-zone, Who has sneezes that go up to Warp 5? Major disaster. Who can control plants? And our hate it is titled Toxic Crusaders The Movie by Movie Man Kev 4 in September 2005. This one goes, The movie is merely three episodes of the short-lived cartoon series loosely based on the cult horror movie The Toxic Avenger and its sequels. Chalk it up to, what the hell were they thinking? Of course, after seeing this cartoon series about a nerd being turned into a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength, who then teams up with a gang of other mutants to make the world ecologically friendly by doing battle with an alien and his minions, and afterwards, buying the endless toy tie-ins, kids would want to see the movies that it was based on. But even disregarding that warped notion... The cartoon was ludicrously bad and had an unpalatable save-the-environment scenario that was only topped by the simply repulsive, indoctrinating garbage that was Captain Planet. Personally, I'm awaiting the cartoon Happy House based on Phantasm and Street Trash. Jesus Christ, man. My grade D.
0: Bobby is the absolute best. He is the gem of the show. And I love the fact that when he reads these love-it-or-hate-it that just his... Just hearing him go through this and react to it after I've reacted to it, kind of putting everything together, just makes me laugh immensely. So thank you, Bobby, for, for everything, you're the best. We are now at the point where we can recommend Toxic Crusaders. We can also say that we're not gonna recommend Toxic Crusaders, and we can also go one step further. If we don't recommend something, we can also give it the dip. And usually we say it's the Roger Rabbit style dip, but for today in Tromaville, New Jersey, We're going to dip this into some toxic waste, which again, same effect. It erases it from the annals of cartoon history with a majority Democratic vote in place here. So that being said, Shannon, do you recommend or would you not recommend the Toxic Crusaders?
2: I'm still on the fence about this a little bit. I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm not going to dip it. I'll say flat out. I don't think it deserves to be dipped because I think that there's really some interesting things to learn from it. And it's so different from a lot of other things that I've watched. So I would say if you're in the mood for something different, (laughs) 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 interesting, um, it's, it's worth a watch to just kind of, yeah, to, to experience it. Um, but I, I'm not going to give it a full throated run. Don't walk. Like, right full-throated shannon that's a. it's a that's no, a that's my. an idiom it is
1: an idiom Full throated. yes yeah similar not similar to deep-throated no, no. not
2: similar to deep-throated mel Sh- no. okay <laughs> it's like uh with all with all my yeah. voice okay yeah i'm not gonna wholeheartedly okay. recommend it i'm not gonna say run don't walk okay i'm gonna say if you've got nowhere to go and you're meandering slowly and you want to take a strange detour, the Toxic Crusaders might be for you. There you go.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Shannon. Melanie, where where are we landing here?
1: I'm gonna go with a full throated do not recommend. <laughs> Don't not buy- a
0: not a deep throated.
1: Not deep, but also a deep throated do not recommend. Do not <laughs> recommend um yeah don't i i mean i appreciate this conversation i appreciate the both of you i do not appreciate this cartoon it makes me very angry in fact (gasps) I, i think it needs to be dipped Ooh. like keep it to the cult classic movie as offensive and horrible as it is like, you're just doing a reach if you want to make this a cartoon. Like, we really didn't need that. I just, we didn't, we don't need it.
0: Wow. So, I mean, I'm not surprised.
1: <laughs> I'm going to get death threats after this comes out, I'm, I'm sure. Act,
0: I'm acting like I'm surprised, but I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm, yeah. No, I, uh, I'm going to recommend this.
2: What? Uh,
0: Hear me out. No. Okay. <laughs>
1: done end of episode end of episode <laughs> Credit, roll credits uh all right hit me
0: i think uh i think that this cartoon for all of its problems and for all of the problematic uh, points that we have addressed and sort of all of the the throwaway kind of tossed plots that we have i think that this is something that is very uniquely early 1990s and i think that what is important about this is that this is coming based off of a movie that was as 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 aaron has mentioned is a very hard r in terms of the content i think culturally it's very interesting to see how we can sort of evolve something for a new and a different audience while still keeping some of the very similar tones and ideas Uh, i honestly do not think that this cartoon ever gets to a point where it really kind of helps the environment in terms of what a Captain Planet would have that's out there. But I think that you could probably write an entire cartoon thesis on the difference between the actual movie, The Toxic Avenger, and The Toxic Crusaders in terms of what's out there, the audience, the focus, and and sort of how both of those have maybe influenced attitudes, possibly even fashion, uh, as well as also just sort of I mean, just very 80s. Possibly
1: in the, even fashion.
2: In this TED Talk, I will. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly.
0: And so I think for that enough, uh, you know, even I'll say this. I love the idea that trauma has had a lot of uh, problems in terms of maybe language and overused tropes and just sort of terrible, terrible use of, of, of language and pejorative terms towards people of color and women. Uh, At the same time, they are a very DIY outfit. And so I have to, I guess, give them respect for at least making an attempt. Do I think the attempt was successful? I don't. But I think to be able to sit here and kind of break some of these things apart uh, this evening with the both of you has kind of led me in the direction where I think that it's worthwhile to actually watch both the movie and then the cartoon. So that's my recommendation.
2: So we've discovered Sean really likes prosthetics.
1: Yep. He loves like fake made half severed heads that get pummeled with a milkshake uh, maker to each his own. Yeah. So have fun sleeping on the couch tonight, Sean.
0: <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> thank you both. <laughs> uh, I want to thank the both of you for coming on. Shannon, I want to ask the all important question. What do you have that's coming up in the future? And also where can good people find you on social media?
2: Um, most of the things that I have going on in my life right now are probably not going to be of interest to your (laughs) listeners, (laughs) Uh, unless you like reading academic articles and who doesn't really. Um, but I have two things out, um, as of the beginning of this year. Um, I have a chapter in the Cambridge history of science fiction on new wave science fiction and the counterculture. Uh, And I also have a chapter in the Bloomsbury Handbook of 21st Century Feminist Theory, um, which is about the keyword environment. And then I'm also about to publish a review of the film Annihilation in the film. Oh, yeah, you guys, off-air conversation. Yes. um, uh, In the journal Gothic Natures. So, uh, and I'm going to be continuing to teach at the Colorado School of Mines with my fabulous students and I can be found on social media on Twitter at at Shannon Mankus and on the gram as Shannon Mankus as well.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
2: Really inventive uh, <laughs> handles. <laughs> no, don't
0: worry. Mine's, mine's the same on both. You're doing it perfectly. So Thanks. nailed it. Nailed it.
2: Thanks, Sean. You're welcome.
0: Just trying to you, you. You made it sound like it was a weird choice. It is not. You did a great job.
2: There's my validation for the day. Thanks. Is that?
0: Just meant to be supportive.
2: No, 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 no. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it's just very hard after this hour <laughs> to figure out where everybody's landing. But I know where somebody lands.
1: <laughs> who, who dat?
0: That's you. Oh, uh, well, that, that me. Thank you, Melanie, as always, for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're the toxic crusaders. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh,
0: anything that you would like to plug? Any place that the people can find you on the internet.
1: No plugs. Full throat. <laughs> find, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Melanie Gwyn, Gwynn G W Y N N E. It's Welsh. Thank you, Dave Trumbore. That's all I that's all I got.
0: Well, thank you, Melanie.
1: I'm gonna go roll in some radiation after this and become a fucking superhero. Oh my god. <laughs> Please don't. Yep. All right.
0: <laughs> Uh, You heard him on this episode, our friend Bobby Anthem. You can go find him on Twitter, at Bobby Anthem. Send him some love. This episode is also coming out days before his birthday, so send him some birthday love. Happy (laughs) birthday, Bobby! Bobby is the best. As for me, I perform live improv comedy with a group that's called Knox. That's N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. You can find tickets and times with dc.org, and I'm always on the Turs and the grams at Sean Paul Ellis. Want to support us? Yeah, on this show. Tell a friend. Review us on Apple iTunes. Slide into our DMs on Twitter, at Morning Remember, that's Morning with you. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook, Saturday Morning Cartoons. Drop us an old-fashioned email, Saturday Cartoons at gmail.com. You can find everything that we've talked about on our link tree, which is in the bio for all of our social media sites. And you can always listen to us for free on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Thank you so much for listening and we will be back in a couple weeks again and I kind of want to go out with an intro from the Toxic Crusaders if we could just do the hook. yeah. So like if we could do like on three, one, two, three.
2: Toxic Crusaders, Toxic Crusaders.
1: I didn't know how fast you were going.
0: <laughs> you want to do it again? There's no
1: time signature.
0: Do you want to do it again? No. You going to be grumpy? Yes. All right. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.